All right. Well, we are talking about, uh, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about communicating with God. And uh, you notice I said communicating with God, and I'm going I'm to use that language, communicating with God, specifically because what tends to happen when it comes to communication with God is we use language like hearing from God. And then that immediately makes us think that unless I've either heard an audible voice of God, which by the way, some of us had, how, how many of you in here have heard the audible voice of God? Raise your hand if you've heard the audible voice. Of course, of course you have. Pastor Susan, so jealous. You've heard the audible voice of God once? Anybody, put your hands up again. Eddie has, Leslie has, Jamie, do you have? Jealous. You have? Even you, Mary? <laughs> Mary Ann, even Mary Ann? No, I'm just kidding. That's awesome, that is wonderful. And the rest of us are waiting. Like, that's going to be amazing. I hope I get to do that. I mean, I know I'm going to hear it when I die, but I'd like to do it before then, before the second regeneration. Um, but that is one way, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, but it's also less, uh, less um, often, right? Most people that have heard the, the audible voice of God have only heard it once or twice. It's not, he doesn't do it that way very often. And, uh, and I don't know why, but in his wisdom, he doesn't. So... We, we, we appreciate that. The other way is to hear him internally, uh, but even with that, we're still talking about the word hear, hearing the voice of God. Well, here's what I want to talk to you about hearing the voice of God. I, wanna, I want you to think of it through the, I want you to begin to open up your imagination, open up your understanding to communicating with God. Because you guys, God speaks to us, but he communicates to us in many different ways. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next couple of weeks. So let me begin with this. Uh, how many of you have felt like you failed at uh, communicating with God ever? Just raise your hand. Yeah, we're just like, man, I'm just not awesome at that. Like, I, other people are like, yeah, it was so amazing. I got up this morning, and God said this, and God said that, and woo-woo. And you're like, well, nice for you. Shut up. Like, that's great. It's just wonderful. And you feel kind of like you're failing. You feel, you feel bad. You feel like, I want to do that. I want to communicate as much as you feel that you are. And you start to doubt it, too. Like, really? Do you really, though? Well, here's the good news. I don't think they're lying to you. We do get to communicate with God all of the time, much more than we may currently be doing, but we've got to learn how to communicate in the way that God communicates if that's going to happen. So if I'm only thinking of hearing from God through hearing, either internally or externally, I want to suggest to you that that means that I'm actually ignoring a whole bunch of other ways that he communicates, and that's why we're finding ourselves not getting to have as much communication as we wish that we were. So we're going to unpack that for the next couple of weeks, but let me start with this. Here is the basis of us hearing from the Lord. Wait, I'm saying communicating with the Lord. Communicating with the Lord. Here's the basis. Here's where this rests. As we go on this journey together, I want you to, I want you to let your life, let yourself, let your thoughts, let your imagination, let this journey rest in this place. Every time we set aside time and energy to communicate with God, it is already a win. Let me say that again. Any time that we have set aside energy and space to seek to communicate with God, he is already overwhelmingly, ridiculously excited about it, and you are already succeeding and winning. How do I know this? Because John 17 says this. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Did you catch this? To know God, 
which means, it, how many of you guys know that you can't know somebody unless you communicate with them, right? In order to know you, I have to communicate with you. I can know about you. I can see you over there. But until we communicate, I don't really know you and you don't know me. I have to communicate. And, and God is telling us in the scriptures that eternal life is to know God. And that means that we have to communicate with him. So anytime that we're seeking to grow in our communication with God, God is super excited because that's his very design and desire for us is that we would know him and be with him forever. So he's, when we turn and we're like, Lord, I want to communicate with you. I want to grow in this. I want to do this. He's already like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm so proud of you right now. In fact, let me prove that to you. Hebrews 11:6 says this, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So when you and I are setting aside time to say, Lord, I want to I wanna begin to learn to communicate with you as I'm walking through work today, as I'm hanging out with the kids today, as I'm going to the doctor's office today, whatever it is, as I'm having a quality time early in the morning with you or late in the day or during my lunch, I'm actually purposing in my heart to seek you. And the Lord goes, oh, I love that. I love that. And in fact, I'm going to reward you with my presence. I'm going to reward you with communication with me. And he's already moving towards that. And the fact that we're doing it, the fact that we're putting aside energy and attention means that we're acting in faith. And he says, I'm going to reward that and you, because you're believing I do exist and you're believing that I'm a rewarder of those that seek me. How many of you guys know that we have an enemy who lies to us? Okay? So in, the very, in the garden, in the very beginning, what did he tell Adam and Eve? You're not who you think you are and he's not who you think he is. And he goes, you need to eat from this other tree in order to get knowledge. And so they eat from the tree. But what did he do? He lied to them. He's like, God's not, God doesn't exist as you think he does. You need to go after this a different way. Well, he does that with us. You, you don't really, you're not really hearing from God. You're not very good at hearing from God. When have you ever heard God? You're not like those people. In fact, really honestly, are they really hearing God? In fact, does he really even exist? You're probably just free associating. You're probably just doing, you're probably just doing whatever you want and then acting like it's God. You're taking coincidences and making them into God. And he's right there. He's a, guys, he's a liar. And he's an accuser and he accuses God and he accuses you and he accuses other people and he lies to you. Jesus said when he speaks, he always lies. And when he lies, he's speaking his, negative, his native language. So we've got those voices in our heads, right? I mean, we hear those voices sometimes and other people reinforce it. After they've bought into that lie, they tell you the same thing. So there is an enemy that's saying he doesn't exist and he's not going to reward you for seeking him. Well, guys, here's the good news. He does exist. And he does reward you when you seek him. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You will find me. When we seek to understand and communicate with the Lord in all the ways that he communicates, he goes, oh, you're going to find me. It's not, it's not a matter of of if, it's that you're going to find me and I'm going to find you. I'm going to reward you. I love that you're seeking me. He's a great father. He's a great father. I remember when Mercy was a little toddler, uh, our, our daughter. Oh, my gosh. So cute. So cute. And I remember when she first started, like, getting up and starting to walk, you know, and she would, like, take a step 
and we'd be so proud of her, but then she'd fall down and be like, you're such an idiot. And we'd just yell at her and just be like, you fell down again? What are you, stupid? Of course we didn't do that. No, we didn't care at all when she fell down. She took a step. We're like, baby, you took a step. She's like, I'm amazing. You know? and, and then when she would start to speak, right, she'd start speaking and she was terrible at it. Like, have you guys ever noticed how bad at communicating babies are? They're super dumb. No, they're not. They're learning how to communicate, and they're so cute, and you're just rejoicing over them seeking to communicate with you. They're like, I want to talk to you, and they say the words wrong, and you're like, I love how you're doing that. I know exactly what you mean, and you're completely ruining it, and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, right? Mercy used to say, she used to say every morning she would go, I want eggs and oatmeal, daddy. And she wanted, she wanted eggs and oatmeal. Eggs and oatmeal, daddy. And we knew exactly what she meant when she said oatmeal. And we loved how she said it wrong. We were like, that's amazing. And you know what? We gave her eggs and oatmeal. And we just sat there and we're like, you're amazing. Because we're flipping awesome parents. And we're celebrating her communication. And my father and your father is way better than we are. And he's celebrating our communication. And he doesn't, he, he, he's excited about the process. He's excited about that. I was really irritated when people corrected Mercy. She's like, I like eggs and oatmeal. And they're like, oatmeal? It's oatmeal. I'm like, shut up, you little brat. Get out of our life. What are you doing? I wanted her to say it like I would let her say it now. Right? I know what it means. You don't have to carry. Like, you see what I'm saying? And I'm not even the best dad. And our best dad is doing that exactly with us. So, so I want you to let... As we're on this journey of learning how to communicate, you need to understand our good father says, you will find me. I do exist. I will reward you. And eternal life is knowing me. You were designed and wired. Everything about you was created to be able to communicate with me. I created you with words and said, you are very good. And I want you to be with me and I want to communicate and I want us to know each other and have conversations and grow together and live forever. So that's what this rests in. When we're talking about communicating with God, that's how this works. So I want you to rebuke the devil, just kick him in the throat, and don't listen to that nonsense of like, you're not good at this, you missed it, you, you took a chance and it didn't work, you're so stupid, you're never going to hear him, blah, blah, blah. No, that's a lie. Yeah. Your father's like, did you just say eight meal? Yeah, I'll get you some eight meal. You're amazing, all right? So that's, that's how this rests. This is all resting whether it goes perfect or whether we totally miss it, we just spent time pursuing and being present with God. It is a win. You'll learn how to say oatmeal later. And he'll actually be a little bummed. You with me? All right, so that's where this is resting. Now, we do need to be able to recognize his communication because that's the key of being in relationship. And he communicates a lot of different ways. John 10, 27 says... My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So uh, we, we, we do get to understand the way that he communicates. Job thirty-three fourteen, however, says this. For God does speak now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. What did you just say? God speaks in more than one way. God communicates in more than one way. And this is where, this is where this gets fun, okay? So we're going to talk about the different ways that he communicates. But it's like, well, who's a good person to learn from if we're going to figure out how God communicates? Well, the first thing we have to look at, 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 16, says this about the scriptures. You guys, if we're not in the scriptures consistently, 
we are not going to learn how to recognize the communication of God. Because the scriptures are absolutely necessary for us to understand who he is, how he rolls, what he expects, and to be able to determine where the voices are, as it were, where the communications are coming from, whether they're other people, whether it's your own soul, whether it's the enemy, or whether it's God. And we have to know how to discern that. How many of you guys have ever, like, really gotten convinced by something and then went and talked to a friend, and they were really convinced, too, that it was a super awesome idea, and then later realized, this is actually a sin. <laughs> like, has anybody experienced that? Don't raise your hand if that's you. Okay, right. It's all of us. We've all been wrong, but then you go to the scriptures. I remember a time when I was justifying unforgiveness. And I, of course, I, you know, gave it a whole bunch of really cute names and, you know, it was all about me protecting myself and having healthy boundaries and not being around a toxic person and blah, blah, blah. And, but at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit like quickens to my heart, Matthew 18. And he's like, if you do not forgive, then I will turn you over to the torturers to be tortured until you've paid every last cent for your sins. And so this is, and then Jesus turns and says, and this is what my father will do with you unless you forgive from your heart. And I'm like, all of my rationalizations, all of my cute psychology, all my little things just went away. And I went, Lord, I'm, I, I repent and I forgive this person. I'm, I'm not going to hold them responsible because I can't afford to pay what I owe. And you've extended mercy. I'm extending mercy and I'm going to quit being cute about this. And he used the word to discern the motivation of my heart. You guys with me? And if we're not in the word, we won't be able to discern what's going on. The Holy Spirit teaches us through the word, speaks, through us, speaks to us through the word, teaches us how to recognize the communication of God. So I just want to encourage you, you got to be in the word. You're not going to learn who he is and how he rolls if the word is not a regular part of your life. We must have the word. And so 2 Timothy 3.15 and 16 says this. Am I talking too fast? Okay. Um, and he says, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So if we want to be wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, we have to have the scriptures. And it goes on, all scripture, say all. All, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the scriptures, like that was a rebuke for me. The Lord's like, Joshua, you have to forgive, okay? I'm, I'm rebuking you. Your attitude stinks. I'm correcting you. You must forgive this person because I want you to get back to walking in relationship with me and communication with me. I don't have to turn you over to the enemy to start making you pay for your sins. I don't want that for you. But only you can make that decision. I'm like, whoa, okay, Lord, I repent, okay? That was a correction. That was a rebuke and a correction that came through the scriptures. So we're going to stay in the scriptures. Let them search you. And also, by the way, when we confront one another, we bring the scriptures. Somebody's like, I just feel like the Lord just, you know, just love wins. And I just want to have an open relationship with a lot of people. We're just really fulfilling the second commandment. And you're like, well, the scripture's pretty clear about fornication and marriage and holiness. And you belong to the Lord. And they're like... Okay, I can't argue with that. Are you with me? The scriptures bring the correction. This is not just subjective feelings. This is objective truth through the scriptures, which centers us on Christ. That's what actually keeps us in unity. We're looking at the same scriptures and hanging out with the same Jesus. And God's, the, the things, the communications we receive will never contradict the teaching 
of this God-breathed scripture. Amen? All right, so we're learning how to communicate. So who should we learn from? Well, first of all, we know we got to go to the scriptures for that. We just saw that. So we got to learn from the scriptures. So who should we learn from? How about Jesus? That'd be a pretty good example of somebody to learn from because Jesus had perfect communication with the Father. In fact, and we're going to unpack this in the way that he communicated with God. He, he communicated in four primary ways with God. And we're going to look at those scriptures. But I want to I point out to you something. Jesus Christ is the firstborn among many. All right? Scripture says that he's the firstborn among many. And in fact, when Jesus came, we know the scriptures, the scriptures tell us that Jesus Christ, it says, though he was equal with God, he laid aside his, his godness, his, 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 his power as God, and became fully human. Let this sink in. He had no extra powers. He had no God powers. He was completely human. And then he lived, and as he communicated with the Father and was empowered by the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that we are empowered by. In, in, in one place it says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead works mightily in each of us until we come into the fullness of Christ. Raises us from dead. Are you, are you with me? So what I'm trying to say is this. We have the same access to the Father and to the Holy Spirit that Jesus has. We operate on earth exactly as Jesus did. Are you guys with me? This is really important for understanding communication and understanding what we're called to do, that we can learn from what Christ did because he demonstrated exactly what we can do. In fact, Jesus said, greater things you will do because I go to the Father. But you will receive the Holy Spirit and he will teach you all things. And when you become empowered by the Holy Spirit, King James Version says, endued with power from on high, then you will become my witnesses unto the end of the earth. He's the firstborn among many. We are many. When he was here, he said, I am the light of the world. Before he left, he said, you are the light of the world. We're not the Messiah, but we point people to the Messiah. And he says, now you go be salt, you go be light. And he says this. In fact, in another place in the scripture, it says, as he is, so are we. What's the point? The point is, you don't need superpowers to do what Jesus did. You, don't, you need the Holy Spirit, and you have access to the same communication, the same obedience, and the same lifestyle that Jesus lived that he was, as he was here, and he was fully human when he did it. How many of you here are fully human? So let's learn from Jesus then, as God who had become fully human, how did he communicate with the Father when he had to relate to the Father exactly the same way that we do right now. He was limited in every way that we are. How many of you have seen God the Father? Exactly. We haven't, we haven't done that. But we're able to relate with an invisible God in the same way that Jesus did through the Holy Spirit and through the Scriptures. What did Jesus teach from? The Scriptures. So we're, we're in that same place. Are you guys able to receive that? Now, that being said, then how did Jesus do it? 
How did he communicate with them? Well, the first place we see, well, actually, I want to bring up a, a slide here. Let me show you a slide. There's four primary ways that we see that God communicates. And, and next week, we'll get into a little bit, we'll go a little deeper, but I just want to give you the overview today. Seeing what the Father is doing, hearing what the Father is doing, sensing what the Father is doing, and perceiving what the Father is doing. Seeing, hearing, sensing, perceiving. Now, a lot of us operate usually primarily in one of these four ways. Some of us might see something in our mind's eye or a certain thing. And then we, and I think the most of us probably ideally, probably because we hear about hearing the voice of God, then we're seeking to hear either an internal, still small voice of God kind of listening, or sometimes an audible for a few of you, but we're sort of seeking to hear as a primary way, which means if we believe that's the only way that he speaks, then we're missing out on at least 75% of the other ways that he communicates. Are you with me? So this invitation right now is to recognize like, wow, I've actually primarily been looking for God to communicate in one way, but if he's communicating in many other ways, as Job says, right, he does, for God does speak now one way, now another, so he's speaking one way, we hear him, but if he speaks a different way, we don't even think to even listen for him that way, to, to expect a communication in that way. So this is an invitation to go, wait, you're communicating in more than one way? And I just showed that we are to respond the same way that Jesus did. Jesus didn't just hear the Father. He also saw the Father. He also sensed the Father, and he perceived the Father, which means for us, we're invited to do the exact same thing. Isn't that exciting? So let me lay out some examples. So the first one is uh, in John 5.19, and, and this is the seeing. Okay, this is the seeing. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. So Jesus was looking for what the father was showing him. And we'll dive into that a little bit deeper later. Sometimes we physically see something. We, we actually notice something in the physical. The scripture says this, all of creation speaks of the glory of God, so all mankind is without excuse. So when I, so number one, are, are you guys created? Do you know that you speak of the glory of God? When I look at you, you look like your dad. You're speaking of the glory of our father in heaven in, whom, in, in whose image you're actually made. You're telling a story about God. And sometimes God will highlight something going on with you, and I see it happening, and, it's, and it's, it's, it, it, it catches my attention, and I begin to say, Lord, what are, you, what are you saying right now? How many of you have ever gone into nature, and you're like out in this place of beauty, and you start having this like transcendent experience with the Lord, right? Just... Yeah, I mean, all of us, right? I mean, creation really does speak of the glory of God. Why? Because God actually communicates through all of creation. He catches our attention. Now, there's something interesting about this, and I want to invite you into this. You see, communication is relational, 
and conversational, right? We just talked about that eternal life is to know God. Well, if I'm going to know God, I'm going to have to communicate with God. If I'm going to know you, I'm going to have to communicate with you. Now, I want to teach you a phrase. I want you to be thinking about it this week, and the phrase is simply this. Revelation is an invitation for a conversation. I, 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 uh, I like this phrase. I learned it from Dano McCollum. Revelation is an invitation for a conversation. So let's use Moses as an example. Moses was God's friend. In fact, it says that Moses spoke to God face to face as his friend. All right? That's a good person to learn from. Jesus, we're, we're, we'll get back to him in a second here. But when Moses first began his, his relationship with the Lord, where, when did it happen? Burning bush. He saw in the physical creation speaking something. He looks at this bush, which by the way, they're, they're, they're like a bush being on fire wasn't that unusual. What was unusual about this bush was that he noticed, first of all, he noticed it's on fire. Like, That's interesting. Bush is on fire. But he kind of gets a revelation like, wait, the bush isn't burning up. Like, that's interesting. Like, it's on fire, but it's not getting consumed. And so he moves closer. He has a revelation. That bush is on fire. He sees it. He walks over, and he starts to examine. Why is it not burning? That's caught my attention. Revelation. He gets there, and the Lord says, take off your shoes for the place that you're standing is holy. He starts to have a conversation. And then God says, here's what I'm going to do. You guys... It's the same way with us. A revelation is an invitation for a conversation. Let's say that together. Revelation, revelation. is an invitation, invitation for a conversation. conversation. See, a lot of us have this idea that when we get that first, like, sentence, right, we notice something, and we have this idea that, like, relating with God, communicating with us is that he's going to get our attention and then just download Everything he wants to say, almost like a monologue, right? Are you guys relating with this? It's like this idea of like, you know, like I'm just going to eat the scroll and now all of a sudden I have all the information or, or I'm going to see the thing and all of a sudden I know everything that I need to know about that. Here's the thing. There's zero relationship in our picture of that. We're not robots. We don't just download something. He, it's a, to, eternal life is to know him. He's seeking a relationship, which means a conversation, so it's not that he just shows up and says, Michael, and then just, just talks for an hour, and you're just sitting there listening like, yes, downloading all information, God will respond soon. No, it's an actual relationship. And he, he, he goes, notice that bush. And you notice it, and you go, Lord, what does this mean? Oh, I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked, Moses. Take off your shoes, you're in a holy place. Oh, takes his shoes off. Okay, Lord. I want you to go, and I want you to set my people free. It's a relationship. It's a conversation. Are you with me? It's the same thing with us. When God highlights something, you see something that's going on, and you go, well, this is interesting. There's something to this, right? How many of you have ever had something that just gets highlighted, just catches your attention? He speaks to you through that. It's like he's catching your attention, and you notice it. Oh, that's awesome. You go, and, and so you take, you take stock of it, and then he begins to speak some more about it. Oftentimes, though, we cut the conversation short because we'll do a certain amount and we don't stay in the conversation. 
We get the first sentence and we go, that's amazing. And then we just, you know, post it on Instagram, TikTok or something, right? It's like, oh, Facebook, like, oh my gosh, I had the most amazing thing with the Lord. And the Lord's like, yeah, the first sentence, like I really had more, I wanted to spend time with you. You're like, why are you always posting about the first sentence? Sorry, I'm just playing, but how many of you guys relate with that, right? It's like this idea of like, I've got everything I need to know. Remember Jeremiah? Jeremiah, what do you see? I see the branch of an almond tree, right? You know the song. What if Jeremiah didn't ask questions and he just goes out to Israel and he's like, almond tree branch, almond tree branch. The the Lord has said almond tree, almond tree, branch of an almond tree. And everybody's like, (laughs) no, no, no. God, he says, what do you see? And he says, I see this. And the Lord goes, okay. And indeed, this is what's going on. It's a conversation. Revelation is an invitation for a conversation. So Jesus, he says, I only do what I see my father doing. So as Jesus is showing him things, Jesus says, oh, Father, I see, what you're, I see what you're highlighting. Now what do you want me to do? Can you receive that? All right, so it's a conversation. He shows something, you begin the conversation. Now here's something interesting. I want to say this as we continue. When he starts in one area, say you see something, he very often will begin the conversation in one area and then start speaking to you in the other three as a part of the conversation. So, so he, he may not show you anymore. He, he catches your attention. Like with Moses, he caught his attention with the burning bush, but then he spoke with him. And then he, and he gave him a vision for what he was going to do. It's the same thing with us. It's an invitation for a conversation, and he'll use all of these ways as he communicates. He's bringing the scripture. He's bringing a mental picture. He's speaking directly into your spirit. He's, you're seeing something that happened in the physical. You're seeing something that's happening in your mind's eye. You're feeling something that's going on. Like he's, he is, he's God and you are wired for communication and he's using all of the areas of communication when, he's, when he communicates with us. Isn't that beautiful? So, so here's the great thing. How many of us have been limiting our communication to just one area or maybe two areas? And it's exciting because we're invited into being rewarded as we seek him in communication in all the areas. So the next one is this, hearing, hearing. John uh, 12, 49 through 50 says this, for I did not speak on my own, but the father who sent me commanded me to say all that I've spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the father has told me to say. I'm speaking to you what I heard my father say. And Jesus had to hear from the father in order to know what he was going to say to them. And sometimes it was an audible voice. There was the time when he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Do you remember that? The Mount of Transfiguration, that was beautiful. And, 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 and also when the Holy Spirit first descended on him at the baptism, this is my son. There was an audible voice that Jesus heard. But there are other times where Jesus was hearing directly into his spirit. As we've, how many of you have experienced that? When that, 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 it's, um, it's that still small voice or the sound of silence. When Elijah went, you know, there was, the whirl, there was the whirlwind, there was the fire, there was the earthquake, and then there was the deep sound of silence, and the voice of the Lord was in that silence. He speaks right into your spirit. Who's experienced that? Yeah. See, he speaks in all those ways, and Jesus was experiencing that. He's listening to what the Lord's doing. I only do what I hear my Father speaking. And we get, we get, that, same, we get that same invitation into relationship. Perceiving. Perceiving. This is a fun one. 
Um, Mark 5, <coughs> excuse me, uh, 30. This is a really cool story where the woman with the issue of blood, she says, I'm going to go and I'm just going to touch the hem of Jesus's garment. And if I can just touch the hem, I'm going to be healed. And so she reaches out, she touches the hem of his garment. It says, and Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garment? Now, there's a couple of things that are really interesting about this. Okay, what's the, what's the thing that we're remembering about this? Revelation. Let's say it together. Revelation is an invitation for a conversation. Jesus, perceiving that power had gone out from him, then asked, who touched me? Do you know why he asked? Because he didn't know. Because he didn't know. He perceived that power had gone out from him, so he knew someone had drawn on the power of the Holy Spirit in him. He perceived that. He was aware of that. But then he had to say, who touched me? He noticed, Father, I'm perceiving that power has gone out to me, right? Jesus said, I only do what my Father's doing, right? Is that true? So when he perceived that power was going out from him, he goes, that's interesting. I'm perceiving something. It's a, this is an invitation for a conversation. God, you're doing something. I'm going to take note of that. And so he says, who touched me? And the woman, with fear and trembling, says, Lord, it's me. I've had this issue of blood. I've spent all my money on doctors. And, of course, you guys know the story. She was unclean for all of those years, according to Jewish custom. Touching someone was an absolute illegal function. And, but the father wanted to redeem this woman, not just, not just physically, but emotionally. And Jesus says, you have been made clean. Your faith has healed you. See, the father wanted to restore that woman, not just her health, but every, in every way. He affirmed her. He, he spoke to a greater need. The father wanted to do that. Jesus, perceiving something was happening, goes, Father, what are you doing? I'm perceiving something. What's going on? Who t- okay, who touched me? And then she says this, and he perceives. Okay, the father wants to do more. Because see, remember, Jesus was under the leadership and was only empowered by the Holy Spirit. He couldn't heal people apart from the Holy Spirit. And he didn't know what to do apart from the Holy Spirit showing him what the Father was saying, just like us. Isn't that cool? So we've got to learn to communicate with the Father through the Holy Spirit just like Jesus did. And we have full access to do that. So we perceive something. What's that, Lord? And and what's the saying again? I'm perceiving something. I'm having a revelation. I'm perceiving something I didn't know. I was ministering to a woman at one point, and... uh, and, and she, was very, she was very oppressed of the enemy, so I was actually walking her through some deliverance. So we were getting rid of some critters. And I had never met her before. It was just a fun divine appointment that had happened. But as we were going, I, I suddenly perceived, I suddenly just perceived something that I didn't know before. Like, there's something going on with unforgiveness. I just perceived it. Now, I didn't have more information than that, so I said, Hey, and I explained Matthew 18 to her, actually. I said, you know, here's, the, here's what happens when we're walking in unforgiveness. And I said, I'm not accusing you of anything. I just, I'm just sense that maybe that might, is there anybody that you need to forgive? And she said, no, I, I can't. I mean, she was very, like, took it to heart, like, oh, yeah, let me think. She goes, no, not at all. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I just, I just, it just dropped into my mind, sort of like, almost like I remembered something. Have you ever, like, if you think back of a memory right now, you sort of, like, access that file, like, oh, I remember that time I had butter pecan ice cream, and it was delicious. Like, it's just right there. Well, all of a sudden, I had this thought that drops in, like, ask her about, uh, I'm sorry, what dropped into my mind was, what about Bob? 
And so I just said, what about Bob? And she just breaks down in tears and then went through about 20 minutes of just being layers of forgiving this person, Bob, that I didn't know, that I've never met. Like, I didn't know either of these things. I perceived something. And I just acted upon it. But I had to ask questions, just like Jesus. Who touched me? Hey, uh, have you ever, is there some forgiveness thing? What, what about Bob? See, it, a revelation is an invitation for a conversation, both with God and others. We're, we're curious. We're, we're learning how to communicate. And we're, and we're also continuing to communicate. It's ongoing, right? It's a relationship. So Jesus perceived so that's another way that we communicate. Just like Jesus, we perceive and, we, and then we ask questions. It's an ongoing conversation. If I were at that point to stop at like, I, I didn't say to that woman, there's unforgiveness in your heart, woman. Like I've already learned, I've received enough from what the father said. That would have been a really weird way to approach it because the truth is I didn't have any information in that. If I hadn't have continued to converse and communicate, I wouldn't have been able to help her. Do you, do you see that? And I think so often we stop short where the Lord's like, I want this to be an ongoing conversation. And we're, and we're like, okay, I know everything I need to know. And thinking like you're going to get one word and that's it. You know, one word and immediate obedience. It's like, no, this is a living, breathing communication and relationship. Revelation is an invitation for a conversation with someone I'm in relationship with. And sometimes, and here's the other part, it's conversation with the other people. Because you know what? He's also speaking through them. Isn't it fun? And here's the last one, is feeling. Feeling. I know, I just sort of shudder, go through the, wait a minute, we're Christians, we're not allowed to trust our feelings. Well, that's true. Don't trust your feelings. Trust the Lord, but he communicates to you through your feelings sometimes. All right? And by the way, you have the mind of Christ, and you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind, so there does come a point where you should trust your feelings as they're submitted to the Lord. We've really done a lot of damage to feelings in, in Christianity. I won't spend much time on that. But I just want to invite you back to that if you and I are reading the scriptures, submitting ourselves to the Lord, and we remember that revelation is an invitation for conversation, then we can start by going, wow, I'm having an interesting feeling right now. I wonder what that means. Lord, why am I feeling this way? Now, you notice that's very relational, isn't it? That's not just like, I'm feeling this way, and now I know everything there is to know. That's just as dumb as completely trusting what I see without a conversation or what I hear without a conversation or what I perceive without a conversation. Like, if we did any of those things without a conversation, we're being foolish, amen? Are you guys with me? Did I lose you on this one? I guess I like this point too much. I just want to redeem feelings a little bit. They're an invitation for a conversation with a good God. So here's Jesus trusting his feelings. Mark uh, 131, I don't think I have this one for you, but it, he, at one point when he's talking with the leper, it says that, it says that he was moved. In, the, in King James, it says he was moved in his bowels of compassion. His guts were moved with compassion. NIV says, moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. You know, God didn't heal every leper. He healed the lepers that the Father moved him with compassion, and then he healed those ones. Are you with me? There's another place in Mark 6, 34 through 42. And Jesus, when he came out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion. Now, remember, what did Jesus say? I only do what I see my Father doing. So it wasn't that Jesus walked out and he's like, I feel super emotional. I'm just going to do this thing. 
No, he was trusting that as the father was moving him with compassion, then he goes, Lord, what, what are you doing right now? And the father's like, my heart is going out to these sheep who are, who are they're like sheep without a shepherd. Teach them. He responded to what the father was doing. Because what does it say? I don't do anything except for what my father was doing. So, so when he's being moved with compassion, how many of you guys have ever been with somebody and you just like have this overwhelming like gut feeling about them, right? Have you ever been with somebody and you're just like, I am suddenly so moved with concern for this person and I have no reason to feel that way. Anybody? Just feel it in your stomach. You're like, Whew, right? You're, it's like you're moved with compassion. Your, your guts are telling you something. How many of you ever like, you're hearing a really good deal. You're going to you know, buy a car or you're going to do some business with somebody and everything about it sounds right and checks out, but there's something in your gut that just says, don't do it, right? That's called a gut feeling. That's God speaking to you. How many of you have ignored it and learned, right? And how many of you have obeyed it and been really glad you did when you found out later, right? We've all had that experience and God was proud of you for both, right? He was excited that you're engaging and learning to communicate. You guys, that's part of, that's one of the ways God speaks to us is he actually speaks to us through that gut feeling, those emotions that come and you go, this is interesting. Now you'll get led astray just like with the other senses if you don't allow that revelation to become an invitation for the rest of the conversation. I, I, I remember one time I had this gut feeling about somebody and I was like, I know exactly what this is. They have unconfessed sin. And man, I got going in my brain. This was somebody that loves me. And I was just like, yeah, and it's probably this and it's probably that. How many of you ever heard of vain imaginations? I knew everything I needed to know. Thankfully, the Lord in his mercy helped me to keep my mouth shut. But I went to that person and I, and I didn't say all those things, although I knew they were going to come out. I'm like, I know exactly how this is going to go and they're going to repent. It's going to be huge. And I got there and I was like, hey, I've just had this sense of concern and I felt like I just need to ask you, is there something going on that you're, that you're keeping hidden? And he's like, oh my goodness, this is from the Lord. And he just repents of this like tiny little thing that was nothing like the horrific thing that I had come up with. But it was a word from the Lord, but I did not take it as an invitation for a conversation. I got all wound up on what it was. And of course, I was relieved that I was wrong because they're a wonderful person. They repented and it was from the Lord, but I missed it, didn't I? You guys, as we're learning to communicate, it's, an, it's, a, it's a revelation, it's an invitation for a conversation. I'm going to close with this, and we're going we're gonna to unpack some layers of this on how we do this, because there's, there's a lot of fun stuff here in the different ways that this happens, internally, externally, and then also in the, in the spiritual realm. So we'll, we'll talk some more about that next week. But, but for this week, I simply want to invite us into the fact is that there are four primary ways that Jesus communicated with the Father, and those are the four primary ways that we communicate with the Father through what we're hearing, through what we're seeing, through what we're sensing, and through what we're perceiving. And they're all an invitation to have the conversation, and then he speaks to us through all of those different ways. And there's, and there's even more within those main categories. But for some of us, we've been feeling like we don't communicate very well with the Lord, and you just found out there's three other ways that he communicates you didn't even know about maybe, or at least two there's 50% more communication. How many of us in our relationships with our spouses or friends or mama completely missed what they were saying? Have you ever done that? 
You're like, why didn't you tell me that? And they're like, I told you that like five times. No. And then they, they remind you and you're like, oh yeah, I totally missed that. I do remember that. I was not listening, right? Okay, and that's with, that's with easy to understand humans. How many of you think it's possible that we may have been missing some communication from the Lord and that we could learn how to be better listeners and better communicators? Can you receive that? Isn't it exciting? All right, so what is it that we're remembering? A revelation is an invitation for a conversation. And all of your attempts, guys, in communication, he's already proud of you, and it is a win because you set your heart to seek to communicate with him. And that's already a win. We're in the presence of Jesus. He is celebrating every forward step. He's not bummed about the mistakes that we made when we called it eight meal. Amen? All right, stand to your feet. I want to pray for you, and we'll uh, get out to our Super Bowl parties and spread Jesus' love. Father, I thank you so much that you're a communicator. Jesus, you're the word. We thank you that you love to communicate with us. So we ask God this week that you would help us to be better listeners and to begin to tune our hearts to see and to hear and to sense and to perceive the communication that you're bringing to us. And Lord, we look forward to the conversations we get to have as you bring revelation this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. If you need prayer, the